The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Welcome to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is R.J. Bell. That's right. College football bowl season week number two with my Wise Guy Roundtable. To my left with all the college knowledge, Brad Powers. In front of me, Steve Fezzik in sharp infested waters when it comes to college football. But I think he might be steaming. You always want to see a better steaming. To my right, Ken Thompson came in over under on Ken saying he took the lead percentage wise. I had it at 17 seconds under, under (laughs) cashed right now. Ken Thompson, (laughs) 77% in front of the world. Brad Powers. Coming up the rear, 73% in front of the world. That's where our standards are. I'm RJ Bell. Guys, we're just going rotation order all the way through next Wednesday. So day after Christmas, right? And then we'll be back Wednesday morning, though, day after Christmas with next week's pod. So doesn't holidays. <laughs> If there's money to be made, that's what you need the money for is the holidays. We're going to be here. We've got two double likes today. Triple like. A rare, rare double best bet. Two guys on the same best bet. And then the first time ever. First time ever. It's one guy has a best bet. Fezzik. And two others. Brad and Ken are on the other side. That's an auto, auto thousand dollars of action. Wow. A lot of action. A lot of action. All right. First, though, let's see how last week's action went. Yeah, not good for me, Brad Powers. I went 0 2. I lost $700. Good news is I'm still up more than $1,200 for the season. Fez, 1-0, plus 500, year-to-date, 17-17, and 17, down $550. Going to be in the black by next week. <laughs> Is that your robot voice? <laughs> Drinking full sugar Mountain Dew! Woo! Ken Thompson. Uh, Ken Thompson, 1-0. and for a mere $200. Got Brad by the hook. Not a great win, but I'll take it at all. <laughs> all looks good in the box score at the end of the week and uh, have that big game coming up tomorrow night where RJ even jumped on the bandwagon to go against me in Ohio. But somehow, Ken, you left out your season to date. Uh, coincidentally. I did. I, did, I did. Mackie gave me the sheet there. And uh, <laughs> coincidentally, I am 11 and 12 and two pushes and down $220 still. All right. All okay. right. RJ undefeated last week. Zero. And zero. Brad, how's that uh, Ohio State line doing? It's up to six and a half. Hit seven. Bro, you've, been saying, you've been saying up to six and a half for weeks. How many times can it be up to six and a half? It only goes once and then it's six and a half. It's staying steady at six and a half. Hmm. There were a couple seven so, that popped. <laughs> <laughs> so it like came plus, down like, from seven. Like plus what? Seven lay 120, right? No. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Let's do it. Showtime. Woo. 
first game. <laughs> you feeling as confident about that high state, Brad? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. No doubt. Marshall, South Florida. Marshall favored by three. Ken Thompson, you like this game. I do. I'm going to take a shot on Marshall. I just don't like the way South Florida's playing. I mean, Blake Barnett, the quarterback, comes back. Not a bad team, and it's right outside of Tampa. It's not at their home stadium. It'll be a Raymond James Stadium, but at the end of the day, Marshall's a better team to me. Now, I know Conference USA, and they're struggling in bowls early on, but I think uh, Isaiah Green and company get it together. They have three pretty good running backs in King, Knox, and Anderson, and uh, I just like the way this team, you know, the community, just all about, you know, the thundering herd, the tradition. I think their fans are going to travel down to Florida, enjoy a little warmer weather. I mean, you're going from West Virginia to Florida, so probably a good time to go and support the thundering herd. Just don't like the way South Florida is entering the game. At the end of the day, I'm, uh, you know, not a, not a great play, but uh, I am going to put my money on Marshall. And I have. Wait, it sounds like he's either trying to tempt us in to bet him or I don't, I've never seen Ken so uncertain about a game. It's not that but I'm it, uncertain. It felt, it felt like almost like he's trying to bait us in. No, I'm trying to get my stuff unpacked here so I can <laughs> have all my. <laughs> but, but Ken, you, you just go by memory. Who are we kidding? All right. So let's do this. Let's let Ken finish up getting his notes all together and we'll double back to him to kind of put a capper on this game. Brad, we talked about this on straight out of Vegas every weekday, five days a week, Fox sports radio, 200 stations, iHeartRadio app, foxsportsradio.com, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, serious somewhere in the two hundreds. I know most of you guys don't uh, any, even serious subscribers don't get those two hundreds, but if you do, we're up there too. And also the podcast, just search for RJ Bell. We were talking about it today, Brad, taping on Tuesday here in Vegas. The majority of games that matter for a team are played in conference, a vast majority. And if the conference is much better than we thought or much worse than we thought, then the teams are much better or much worse. So, oh, this team... 500 in conference. Oh my gosh, this conference is so much worse than we thought. All of a sudden, you got to reevaluate the, the team. Taping on Tuesday. Now, there is a Conference USA game on Tuesday. And maybe at the end, we'll kind of glance at the score and see if we can tell anything. But up till now, Conference USA not looking good. Yeah, very bad look for Conference USA. Had two bowl games this previous Saturday. Conference USA went 0-2 straight up, 0-2 against the spread. More impertinent. Against expectations being the spread, they failed to cover by a total of 58 points in those two games. And even more important to me, it was at least thought coming into the game that both those Conference USA teams, North Texas and Middle Tennessee, were in good situations because they were facing opponents that had an interim coach. That was a terrible look for Conference USA. So the theory is if you had some extenuating circumstances, you might excuse a conference. You're saying if anything... It was positive, the situations for Conference USA, and still they got dominated. Yeah, and I should know, one of my best bets was on one of those Conference USA teams, Middle Tennessee, on this podcast last week. Not a good look for Brad Powers. Is that the game that allowed Ken to take the lead? Yeah, it is. (laughs) And me to pony up a lot of money to Fez. (laughs) Give Fez an opportunity to be Uh, in the black at the end of the year, maybe. uh, (laughs) Hold on a second. So, Ken, you didn't give us a best bet. You just gave us a bunch of likes. No, I did. I actually had it, and I told Mackie to, so he could communicate to you. Holy cow. So you actually ramped up to the best bet 
on the game you and Fez and Brad wow. disagree on. Now, in theory, does that change the price? Because the theory is if you fade a best bet, it's 500. But if it's best bet versus best bet, we'll let these guys decide if they want to ramp it up. I'd be, let's be candid. I'd be disappointed if they didn't. All right, Fez, any thoughts on this game? My thoughts are on the total, RJ. It is all weather related. 90% chance for heavy thunderstorms, 16 mile an hour winds. Love the under. Now, I always ask whenever there's something as obvious as bad weather, how do we know it's not being accounted for? Meaning, if the weather were good, what would the line be in this? What would the total be in this game? Total would be probably 55 in this game. And what makes you feel that? Just you're just adding two and a half points? Yeah, what the opener was. Oh, okay. the weather so, report came Okay, out. so now that's interesting. So the weather report at the time of the opener, there was no weather report. Exactly. Total was 55. Now, we don't know for sure the weather brought it all. I think you could make the case at most it's two and a half points. The weather effect. Oh, I think the weather impact's going to be seven points. No, no, I'm saying the market oh, adjustment because yes, there yes. could have been other. I mean, I see games move two and a half points yeah. all the time. So, Brad, how do you? Because here's what I do. Let's use an example in the NFL. Let's say I believe, and in fact, I'll give you a good example: Denver and Cleveland. I personally felt like last week Cleveland was the better team. Okay, um, coming into the game, when you consider motivation and all that. Then when I see I'm getting three, then, and that was the lineup till, uh, I guess what, maybe late Thursday or Friday. Then it dropped to two and a half. Yeah, I think but, Friday morning. Yeah. yeah. So at that point, I'm saying, okay, there's injury situations that you could say, uh, making Denver worse. There's all these different factors. But when I have my power rankings, I can say all things equal. This line should be this. How much has it adjusted? And I'll give you another example. Let's say you think a team has a horrible motivational spot. Assuming your power rankings don't consider motivation for that week, which I don't think they should, but that's a whole other discussion. And I say, okay, power ratings say this team should be favored by five, the, the superior motivated team. If the line's five and a half, I'm thinking, okay, I'm paying a half for motivation point, half point, but I think it's worth two. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Now, with totals, I don't really have a great way, even in the NFL, to produce power-rated totals. How do you approach that, Brad? Mm. And be perfectly frank, I don't necessarily power-rate totals. I just give, you know, look at the team's combined score for average score of the season, and then look matchup-wise, how they match up offense and defense. It's just generally speaking, it's not so as complicated. It, like, I don't have a power, a team power-rated total. How do, you, how do you do it, Fez, for... Uh, NFL with the totals? Well, each team has their own total number. And so if I've got the NFL average scoring is 48. So if I got a 50 playing a 46, that's easy. The average is 48. But RJ, if I got a 44 playing a 43, then I got to set that total not based upon the averages. I got to go all the way down to 41. Okay. So First of all, so let, let's go through this quickly because this is interesting to me. So what's currently what's the current NFL average? It, it was forty eight. Right now, it's I think it's dropped to forty seven based on last week, which was a yeah. Let's harder. call forty eight. Now, wouldn't it make more sense like you do in the NFL sides to say if a team is forty nine, they'd be a plus one? Yeah, you could do it that way. Okay, so let's say you had a team that was a plus one, a two, and a plus three. So two teams. So you don't do it separately, offense, defense. I do not. Okay. You just kind of blend it and say, this is how much scoring I expect. Yeah, mathematically, it probably would be better to break it all down, but I don't. 
Okay. And then in theory, you could go to offense running, offense pass. Yes. But I think that's something that maybe is not good for a power rate. Why not just get the number and then figure what are the factors this week specific? So if you have a plus three and a plus four, so under that theory, it'd be a 51 and a 52. How do you adjust for that in where you don't do the average? Say, explain how you do that again. Yeah. So if you have a plus three and a plus four, so one team is four points higher than average. Mm-hmm. The, other, the other team is three points. So higher. in theory, you if, you just did the mean, if you just did the mean, it would be three and a half points more. But yes. you're saying, no, 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 you sum them. You sum them and then take back a little bit. If you sum them, you get a number just a little bit too high. So you sum them and usually take back about a point. Hmm. That doesn't seem very scientific. So if you have two, it's what? No, I understand. I understand. Three plus, three plus four is seven minus one is six. I got that part. So if you have two let, me plus, double, let me double check. Yeah, yeah, I got okay. it. So my question is, what's the, what's the logic? The logic is two plus two equals five sometimes when a Kansas City plays a Rams and you get two offensive juggernauts like that. Oftentimes it winds up producing both both teams are well above no, average no, no, I scoring. agree. Yeah. So I would think though, if there was a plus one and a plus one, you wouldn't get that effect. You but think about the plus one team. If they played an average total team, they should score forty nine points, right? So if they're playing another team that's above average, clearly it's got to be higher than forty nine. You got to make it fifty. Yeah. I think there is something to the idea if you have two teams that are extreme in either direction. The, the effect should be greater than if you have teams that just are a little bit in that direction. Example, Jacksonville, Washington. Yeah. No one can score, and they just play so conservative oftentimes. So, Brad, you like the total, too, and then we're going to go to Ken wrapping up the pick. Yeah, and besides the weather, I just think USF's offense is in a bad spot here. They, they, their offensive coordinator ended up leaving for McNeese State that their new offense coordinator has never called plays before. And on top of that, the quarterback for USF uh, is a little bit less than 100%. Blake Barnett wasn't playing at all during the end of the season. He's going to expect to come back here, but we haven't seen him yet. My guess is he's not quite 100%. So you, so your theory is instead of getting at the coordinator by liking the other team, you're, you're getting at it through the total. Yeah, I mean, the, the reason I am not on the Marshall side is that Conference USA. Marshall plays in Conference USA. That has me a little bit leery right now, liking the Thundering Herd side. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, Ken, wrap it up. Yeah, the uh, Marshall defense, too. Very solid defensive line. 39 sacks for the team, a plus 19 in that department. Blake Barnett, Brad talked about it. He will play starting quarterback, but he's been out for a little bit. So I think he's going to be... Uh, Chased. He's going to be under duress, and I think Marshall's going to be able to cause some turnovers and, uh, you know, kind of weigh everything in. You know, RJ, when you talk about totals, I, and, and even, you know, I, I was listening to you guys talk on the, uh, on your Straight Out of Vegas show. And when we start, to me, when I start uh, hearing uh, just numbers in general, like the average of this team, uh, you know, scoring this or whatever, it kind of, to me, I, I take every game separately. And the reason being, I remember, you know, listening to these guys say, oh, yeah, well, Cal with Goff, they're averaging 44 points at home again. Yeah, 73 were against Presbyterian in a game that they opened with. It didn't even matter. So if you take a team that played five games and they got 73 against somebody or they won, say they won the game by 45 against somebody, but the other four games, they only won by one or two points. And then you say, oh, they won by an average of 26 points per game. I agree. I think in college football and college basketball, where strength of schedule varies more than any pro sport. Averages are dangerous. I agree with you there. But in a way, Ken, 
your approach, your kind of, I watch, uh, you know, a thousand hours of games a month, or whatever. That's probably a little high, but you watch a lot. Of, I only say a little high. Well, 40 hours a week would be 160, right? So for the month. So you watch a lot of games. I do. Um, to me, that's where I think combining handicappers is best. Like, and we might as well talk about it. <laughs> I'll play it on myself. Fez, it's money time in the NFL. I mean, we went four and one and the competition has cleared themselves out. There's one team, one game ahead of us. That's a problem. Not for their problem because they're in our sights. But then we've got, what, one team a half a game back, one team one game back, and then no other team closer in two games. I mean, it is, it's going to, if we go seven and three, I think we're favored to at least share the title. What would you say? I think that we are actually favored to win with seven and three. So seven and three, you think we, small favor. Sharon, it's winning it. Let's get that straight. Oh, that, then we're but, clear favor. Yeah. But you're saying you think we win it alone. Small favorite to win outright, yes. Because think about it, it's going to take. If we go seven and three, no one two games back. I guess in theory they could go ten and zero. That's very unlikely. There's only a handful of teams two games back. So if we go seven and three, no one's catching us. That's back two games. So now it's just, do we pass the one guy? Yeah, my only concern is how much correlation are our picks going to have to the guy in front of us? Well, since we know what he picks, because we did the regression analysis, there'll be very little correlation. There's, I've never seen such mathematical analysis since I've been at pregame than what you and your analysts are doing on this contest. Accolades, RJ. And as we said, as we said, if we win, and Fez was very generous here, $25,000 Super Bowl party. Ken Thompson will be there without sleeves. Yeah, you right? know it. 100%. <laughs> Can't wait for this. Brad's going to have his Notre Dame hat. I mean, all of the characters. No, no, his Ohio State hat. Uh, Get it. <laughs> all the characters are going to be there. And Fez very generously said, he, he, he you know, just messing around, kind of like messed around and got a triple-double. Fez knocked out a 10-dime parlay card. And he said, you know, I'll throw in, well, I kind of cajoled him. I'll throw in an extra thousand for the party, he said. I did. Literally, that parlay card had some steak sauce on it from Vic and Anthony's. Ken was waiting for me for his radio show, and I rushed over the book. So you could make the case if it weren't for you doing Ken's radio show, you'd be $10,000 poor. I'm still waiting for him to ask for his cut. Fezzy. <laughs> so Just being graced by your presence on Fridays at Golden Nugget, Fezzy. So we let, gave out a lot of winners that that show. A lot of winners. So let's say this is we are as locked in in the NFL as we're ever going to be. And if you missed the pod this week, you're making a big, big, big mistake. All right, next game. Wow, triple like already. Florida International, Toledo. Florida International is a four and a half point underdog. So Toledo favored. Brad, you know what I want to do on every one of these games? I want your pure power rating number. Because we keep talking motivation this and coordinator that. And I want to set the line and saying what part of these factors are accounted for. Trust in Brad's number. And this is a triple like on Florida International. Fez, let's start with your cap. My cap is about Toledo, RJ, and this is going to be a rare case we oftentimes talk about. Is a team excited to be at this bowl game? 
This is the rare case where a team is excited, but they're also distracted. So the kids from Toledo got back-to-back blowout wins. They get rewarded with a trip to the Bahamas. Excited to be there, but I got a team from the Northern Climate going down to the Bahamas. Fun. I think they're going to be fall victim to the distractions of the Bahamas. I don't think Florida International is going to get distracted. It's a business trip for Florida International. I like the underdog Florida International. Hmm. That's interesting. So what you're saying is because Florida International is used to good weather, the weather won't mean that much. Correct. That actually makes some sense to me. The the weather actually on the game day isn't going to be so good. However, 26 mile an hour winds and a real good chance for morning showers. We've seen this total drop from 66 and a half to 59 and a half. Well, if you look at the offenses of Florida International and Toledo, who's going to play better and inclement weather. Toledo slightly better uh, as far as their ground game than after. So you're hoping the weather doesn't. Yeah, I'm hoping that, that the weather isn't. Uh, as far as I would say this weather news was slightly positive towards the Toledo side. Okay. But do you agree that this is a, more of a business trip for Florida International? No question about it. I think they're going to be a lot less distracted being, what, 150 miles away. I'm, I'm not a businessman. I'm a businessman. <laughs> All right. Wow. So, Brad, why don't you continue? Yeah, my pure power rating only has Toledo a three-point favorite here. And I guess I didn't upgrade the Rockets at the end of the season like the rest of the market did. I I saw, I mean, the market saw Toledo pull out a couple of blowout wins against Kent State and Central Michigan. So really what you're saying is Toledo, all things equal. If all motivations, everything were equal, you'd still think there was value on Florida International plus four and a half. You're saying the line should be three. And you're adding in a huge weather uh, you know, businessman, business trip versus pleasure trip edge. That's why I like FIU a lot. And it was one of my early best bets as far as the how did this season. thing open at six? So when you guys gave out your, oh, that bears repeating. That was his best bet. So Fez, this, so guys, when we had that first pod where everyone gave out one best bet and Maddie Holt had one, did that win last week? It was UAB. It's on right now. Okay. So make sure for the rest of the pod you bring up when so w- just to know what what was yours brad ohio state you should oh i don't pay real attention yeah. when i bet the other side i know i'm right so i'm, I'm feeling <laughs> all right what was yours ken uh south carolina okay so fez this was your early best bet yeah fiu plus so, six. Ooh, so and everyone Maddie bet both of us i jumped on with you at fiu plus six so me and fez there's maddie holt in that one Yes. Ooh, so Maddie actually faded you guys. Yeah. The crunch. Mmm, <laughs> the Malachi crunch. All right. So, Brad, other than weather, what's the biggest factor that makes you like Florida International? To me. Or I guess other than Florida International being used to the good weather. Yeah. To me, it's also a fade against the MAC conference. We just talked about Conference USA struggling uh, early on so far this bowl season. Well, the MAC is struggling in the last three bowl seasons, last 12 bowl games, the MAC is 1 and 11 straight up. Why do I mention straight up? Because Toledo's actually favored in this one. I went to a MAC school, very familiar. These teams don't travel well when it comes to the bowl games. And traditionally speaking, when you say don't travel well, you're talking about the fans. Fans don't travel. They don't have the money. No, I mean, to be perfectly frank, they those people down in Marshall don't got the money. No, they don't. So, <laughs> How about Bowling Green? They don't have the money. The, the thing that people don't realize is a lot of these Mac schools. How about Akron? They could care less. They don't How about the Kent money. They don't State? Have the money. They would rather travel to Ohio State's bowl game than Kent's bowl well, game. Oh, yeah, of course. 
How about Ohio University? Same Don't they thing. have big money down in Athens? No. <laughs> Only up on the hill, right? <laughs> you, you know, I have, I have a theory on this. I think that the Big Ten has really good training facilities inside during the wintertime so they can go ahead and perform well and be ready. But these Mac schools, I think, oftentimes don't have those good indoor training facilities. And you try to practice outdoors during the wintertime and then you go to a warm climate. Not optimal. Hmm. So that, let's make the case on why a conference's bowl record over multiple years would matter. I totally get how this year's bowl record matters. You made an interesting one. Part of performing well in a bowl is traveling, the fans yeah. going there. That's one. Is there any other reason? Could it just be, hey, this team just year after year is over? Like, I can remember the Big Ten about 10 years ago had about a five-year run. Everyone was betting against them because they weren't passing enough yet. And when they went and tried to defend these passing teams, they were just struggling. So schematically, maybe if a, if a league's behind or ahead, that could be something that would span over multiple years. Yeah. I don't see anything schematically with them. No, no, I'm not that saying that. I'm just trying yeah. to, in a no, broad sense. I would set. definitely agree. So with what that. other reasons? So traveling well or not is reason one. And I think what Fez just mentioned, I don't think the Mac teams are used to playing in 75, 80 degree weather. I mean, not only traveling, but traveling to a much different climate. And you're saying the heat just wears them down? Oh, absolutely. Mm. I mean, in a lot of these bowl games, you'll see like Mac teams coming up cramping and st- stuff you haven't seen since or the, the first two weeks of the season early on. Ken, your thoughts? I think Butch Davis is uh, clearly a more experienced coach, a guy that's been successful in bowl games. He's won six of the eight that he's coached. Jason Candle, he, of course, got the break when Matt Campbell leaves for Iowa State. He's one and two in bowl games. Toledo's a, you know, a team that'll open it up and has had better offenses in years past. Peter's the guy that was supposed to start the season, ends up being the quarterback. He had gotten hurt, and then their other quarterback got hurt, so he's in there. But he's thrown seven interceptions, just 15 touchdowns since coming back, so inconsistent. But I like this FIU team. They finally got out of the shadow of FAU, of Florida Atlantic and Lane Kiffin. And I really think this is a solid team with a lot of chemistry. I think they're going to take care of business no matter what the weather. So handicapping 101 when it comes to really uh, good weather sites where it's more kind of tropical. It's more of like, hey, let's go on a vacation. How disciplined is the coach? I remember a game because my best buddy was at Kansas State at the time. They played in the Hawaii Bowl against Boston College, I remember, and I can't remember who the coach was. This would have been in the late 90s, maybe, but the coach you had played uh, had been an NFL coach and was a real. Was it caught? Was Coughlin at Boston College? Am I thinking that? Coughlin was at Boston mm-hmm. College. Yep. It would have but been he left Coughlin. after 1993. All right. So maybe this was earlier, but it was like, and actually it was because now I remember Snyder really got out coaching that game. And that was something my, my buddy said, like, wow, I mean, you don't see that, but it was an NFL level guy. And, uh, but Hawaii, you got to wonder, right? But if you got Tom Coughlin there, right? Not that Bill Snyder is really all that loose <laughs> in general, but that, so do we think Butch Davis is more disciplined? Since he, uh, since he got a second chance. I mean, when he was at Miami, if they were in a minor bowl game like this, then he could be out just, you know, not even worrying about it. But because it's Florida International and this team's on the way up trying to get, you know, some of those prize recruits that right now you look at the other Florida teams, Florida, okay, Miami dropped off, Florida State way down. So the three major schools in Florida way down, FAU, FIU taking advantage, maybe getting some recruits in years past they may not have gotten. Mm. And plus, if you have a pedigree like he does, the idea is 
that the players are going to listen. Like every coach might say, be careful, don't stay out too late. But hey, that's Butch Davis. Yeah, I never like char- characterize Butch Davis as a you know true disciplinarian. He's more of a, a good recruiter, a decent players coach, but he's nowhere near the, the type of guy that's, I would say, not buttoned up like across town with Lane Kiffin in Florida Atlantic. Much more buttoned up and much more professional than, than uh, Florida Atlantic's coach, Lane Kiffin. So Brad likes Florida International. Fez likes Florida International. Ken likes Florida International. Plus four and a half. Right now. Next game, no one likes anything. So everyone gets max one point on BYU, Western Michigan, BYU favored by 12. Ken, you lean BYU, give me your one point. My one point is that BYU is uh, older, stronger, more physical, and the game proximity-wise is much closer to Provo because it's in Boise, so they'll have a lot of fans there. BYU still travels well. There's still a family organization as far as the, the the team, whenever they travel somewhere close, you can expect BYU to be there in numbers, so they'll have an advantage there. And the young quarterback, Zach Wilson, is playing pretty well. The uh, reason I don't like it is because they're missing their main guy on the defensive line, Corbin Kafusi. If he was playing, I would look to them to shut down this West. Western Michigan team who's been playing with a backup quarterback. They did play one team from the MAC earlier, RJ, and they uh, lost the game in Provo to Northern Illinois, 7-6. to six, So that's what kept me off it. All right, so lean BYU from Ken. Brad, let's start with the power ranking in this game. Yeah, I have BYU 11 points better, but I think you got to give BYU one point of home field advantage. Already played on the blue turf earlier this year and will definitely have the crowd edge. But you lean Western Michigan. I do. And a lot of times these early bowl games when you got a big favorite and we got one here, a double-digit favorite, to me it comes down to motivation. You're already in a, yeah, I would say, a subpar bowl game. That's the case here. BYU, was it really their goal to play in the Potato Bowl this year? I'm not sure how excited they are to be playing in this one when they've already made a trip to Boise earlier this year. When you got questionable motivation, you got a double-digit favorite, I lean towards the dog more often than not. So wait, who paid for the sponsorship to have the potato? What's the it? name of it? Potato Bowl. That's what I'm saying. But who paid for that? It's the Idaho Potato Bowl. Famous potato. Yeah, yeah. famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Okay, so there's a brand of potatoes. Yes. Yeah, famous Idaho potato. Yep. Huh. <laughs> I mean, could, so you want, but wouldn't, that's weird because men, like that's something you would buy in the store. So why wouldn't you like sponsor, you know, like some you know, WNBA thing or something like how many men are, are in like, not that some guys don't shop, but they're not really going to like register. Hey, I want to get those famous Idaho potatoes. Right. <laughs> yeah. True. So that seems weird that they would sponsor it. I think just low, but, but you just called it the potato bowl, which actually made it where, they didn't even get their sponsor, their proper sponsorship. Why don't you call well, it by the proper name? Oh, geez. Well, we'll have to do that for all the bowl games. No. It's going to take no. us some time. Famous <laughs> Idaho Potato Bowl. Mm. Yeah, I ain't no suit-wearing businessman like you. You know, I'm just a gangster, I suppose. And I want my corners. I don't understand all the highfalutin business. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing, doubling back to this Florida International. One of our basic premises, and Brad, you've got the stats Underdogs who cover tend to win the game. High variance because motivation. There's so many factors that can cause a game to be a blowout that regular season you don't see those factors. Is there any reason we wouldn't look at Florida International on the money line? Uh, I'm straight out of Vegas to show that we do. Uh, I gave out five teams that I thought could win on the money line. FIU was one of those five teams that I like to win the game outright. 
Okay, next game. Fez. I'd be remiss not to give one live betting piece of advice on bowl games. More of the same. Whoever's ahead at the end of the first quarter, just bet them if they're up by 10 points the rest of the game. Oh, so you, there's more give up. There's more just momentum. It just continues. But I mean, it's ultimately going to be get momentum is the other side's not resisting. Yeah. It's over. Season's over. Yes. You don't, you see so many games that are just one way freight trains where a team covers by 30 points. And there is no one that does it better when it comes in game. <laughs> you, you ever notice now? That Fez, since he benched a 200, when he puts up his arm for something, he, he, you, if you watch his eyes closely and, and when we start releasing more videos, you can see his eyes go to his biceps. Like he's, like he looks and he glances <laughs> and then you can tell he changes like the angle of his wrist or something, <laughs> trying to get his bicep. Have you noticed that, Fez? Like, do you do it consciously? No, he doesn't notice it. He was just hoping you would notice it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wake Forest, Memphis, Memphis favored by three and a half. We got a double like on this game. The two college football experts. Let's start with Ken. Well, Wake Forest is a team that I, first off, I like their coach. Now, I am concerned a little bit because one of their best players, Greg Dorch, is questionable. Outstanding receiver, got hurt last year. But the running game is solid with Colburn and Carney. Uh, Newman doesn't make too many mistakes quarterback-wise. Defense, pretty good. Memphis missing Daryl Henderson, the all-everything back. And that's huge. That puts pressure on Taylor and Pollard to pick now, up Now, is slack. he out by injury? Or he's no, he's the NFL play. draft, man. He's one of the top running backs that's going to be taken. And, you know, again, well, I, I was there at the so, Las Vegas. So let me ask you this, Ken. Do you believe when a key player chooses not to play, obviously there's the absence on the field. Do you think that choice by a key player um, pisses off the other players? Yeah, does, does, yes. but does it, when I say, when you say piss off though, does it decrease their motivation? Like our brother in arms isn't here. So why should we care about this game? I think uh, initially they're probably saying, okay, let's show that we can do it without him. But mm -hmm. I saw it Saturday, Nikhil Harry, the great receiver for Arizona State, was out. And they needed him in certain certain spots in that game. He wasn't there. He's there playing clothes, dressed. And, you know, so people, you know, from the team looking at him like, yeah, that's all well and good that you're going to the NFL. But right now, you know, we need you and you're sitting over there on the sideline. And I think, you know, there's a little animosity from some of the other players. So, Brad, net, net beyond the absence on the field, what do you think the the motivational effect is if a key player decides not to play? It's definitely a negative. I mean, we got short data points, but most of the data points so far the last couple of years since this became a new phenomenon has been negative. That team has not won or covered the, the, the game. Okay, yeah, so last year, RJ was at the Las Vegas Bowl with Royce Freeman sitting out for uh, Oregon against Boise State. Boise State got a little momentum. Oregon quit. I mean, that game was over, Brad, right in the first seven minutes. So who were you there with? I was there. No, I was there by myself watching the game. I was covering the game. Oh, I thought you said you were there with somebody. Oh, well, this past game, I was with Brian Panish. The, uh, he's one of the top boosters at Fresno State, played for Fresno State. In fact, he is, uh, the, he was the lead lawyer in the largest settlement in this country ever, 4.9 billion against General Motors. He was the lead attorney. Welcome to Mirage, Mr. Papa Giorgio. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brad, you like it. Yeah, I do like it here. I'm on the Wake Forest side. First power ratings, three and a half. That's right where the line is. But here's where the motivation is clearly in uh, favor of Wake Forest. And it's a rare case, in my opinion, where you got a power five team in Wake Forest that's more excited to be in the game than a group of five team. KT mentioned that, you know, the running back being out for Memphis. 
He's one of the most valuable play non-quarterbacks in the entire country. Here's the nation's number two rusher on a team that Memphis that doesn't have a lot of options outside of him. He's worth a point and a half, two points. That, that's why we saw the line come down a point and a half or two points already. Also, Memphis on the coaching front lost three assistant coaches and both of their coordinators, so they're short-staffed. And one thing I do like on Wake Forest's behalf here, teams that clinch bowl eligibility in their final regular season game. This has been a strong trend. Last 10 years, those teams in bowl games, 41 and 21. So you clinch, you get to that bowl game by clinching a win in your final regular season game, carries over to the bowl games, 41 and 21 against the spread since 2008. Strong, strong stuff from Brad Powers. So double like Wake Forest. I like this idea of having the power ratings and say, okay, power ratings are right, but here's why the other reasons I like it. Or, oh, wait a minute. There are some other reasons, but the power ratings two points off. So maybe we don't, you know, it all evens out. You're listening to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Now back to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Next game, double like again. This time, Fez and Ken. Army, Houston. Houston, uh, Army favored by five and a half. Fez, who do you like? Yeah, I like Army. I don't think Brad's power rings are going to support this, but I don't care because it's such a fundamental (laughs) advantage to Army. I don't give a care. I don't care because Army... What do they do? They run the ball 296 yards per game, number two in the country. What can Houston's D not stop the run? They're giving up 210 yards per game. I think it will be Army up and down the field. And if they happen to have a fourth and one or two, no problem. They'll just convert it. I like Army. Hmm. He doesn't carry, says. So let's get Ken's second like on army then we'll see what the power rating set all right here's the main thing too that that defense that has trouble with the run despite having one of the top defensive players in the country ed oliver ed oliver is out for this game so it's not by choice although i think he would have made that choice i think it's a combination of a an injury a little bit earlier but also doesn't want to hurt his nfl status uh he's one of the top defensive lineman set to go if not number one he'll be number two and the Raiders are looking at him right now it'd be between him and Bosa I think uh, as far as defensive lineman and then Derek King their quarterback also out of this game they've dropped three of their last four this is an army team that I wouldn't be on if they had lost to Navy but they got that win so now it's all speed ahead this is a motivational team uh, that has a coach Jeff Monken that just he, he, he just gets it, man. I mean, he has turned this program around. It's absolutely incredible, Brad. In, in two years, what this guy has done over the last couple of years for Army, not only now have they beaten Navy three straight times after dropping 14 straight in that series, but now this team's playing with a lot of confidence. And you guys talked about it all year, going into Norman, getting that game into overtime against that high-powered Oklahoma offense. They're not intimidated no matter where they go. So what's the power rating say, Brad? Only Army by two. Okay, so you're going to press the green button against No, me. I'm not. I what? Lean, no, I lean Army. Holy because- cow. You're pow- so you, you're saying your power rating's three points and then more. Yeah, well, it, this line's mm. been a big mover. I mean, it was. Mm. Yeah. But, but now it's five and a half. So the question is, why not press the green button against because these guys? Because when I see a significant line move, it might be just the case that Houston doesn't want to be there at all. They, they lost. So you're saying you trust that you have... 
Now, that's interesting. You're an originator in college football. Yeah. The line moves, and you're thinking, uh-oh, maybe there's something I don't know. That's true, because normally it doesn't move against my power rating. Yeah, but when you look at the back So that means value. No, not always. Not this time of year. But R- <laughs> no. RJ, when you look at the backup quarterback that replaced King, Clayton Toon, 44.7%, 38 of 85, struggling to complete the ball. So, again, you're, you're a major drop-off quarterback-wise, defensive line. You're in trouble. And hor- horrible matchup here for Houston. Let's talk time of possession. Army's number one in the country in time of possession. Hold on to the football for 39 minutes per game. Who's dead last in the country in time of possession? Houston, 25 Piggy- minutes. Piggyback on top of that, they played Navy, also running that option, and they struggled mightily. Gave up over, what, 300 yards on the ground in that game. Hmm. Hmm. Seems like you're not standing strong, Brad. No, I'm leaning with the Army. I mean, maybe I didn't downgrade Houston enough. Not only is Ed Oliver out, but three other defensive linemen. So four defensive linemen out of their two deeper out. I mean, I can only downgrade that. I mean, on top of their quarterback, I've downgraded Houston like seven, eight points in the last two games. Maybe it should have been 10. I think RJ should press the button for you. No, I, I I'm mean, leaning Army. No, no, not, Brad, not for you. If Brad, Brad would have done it, I probably would have backed them. No. You know? Well, then just do it for that, Brad. <laughs> Ken's like, what's pressing the button on? Ken's just wants any way. I mean, it just, 200 it, away it so really show, it, it really shows you just how much Ken wants to get me in a bad spot. So hard <laughs> he's, he's to get me in a bad last spot. Week. He was undefeated. He wants it so bad. So bad. All right. Next game, a rare, and I mean rare, double best bet. First, Dave Essler. This is Buffalo. Troy, the classic matchup. Buffalo favored by one. <laughs> and the comedy find of the year making his television debut. <laughs> the classic matchup. Let's first hear from Dave Esler. The Dollar General Bowl. I like Troy over Buffalo. Several reasons here. The game is in Mobile, Alabama, a three hour drive from the campus of Troy. Troy has 59 players on their roster from the state of Alabama. Look at Troy's schedule, three losses. Boise State at Liberty, which was Smith's first start, and App State. We saw how good App is last week against Middle Tennessee. They won at Nebraska. They won in Statesboro, which no one managed to do, not even App State. Buffalo might have had their moment in the sun when they beat Temple in week two. They finished the season getting beating badly at Ohio and even worse, gave up a 19-point third-quarter lead in the MAC championship game. Tough to get up after that in order to go down and beat Troy. Buffalo is predominantly a running team. That's wonderful. Troy's defense, 14th in the nation, yards per rush. If Buffalo has to pass, they're 104th in completion percentage. They're in trouble either way. Troy won their last two bowl games. They destroyed North Texas last year, and they beat a MAC team, Ohio, two years ago. They're going to beat another MAC team, Buffalo, in the Dollar General Bowl. Yeah, I love the handicap. I have full agreeance with Dave from me, my best bet, also on Troy Plus 2 here. We'll start off with the power ratings. I got the game at 2, Buffalo being favored, but that doesn't necessarily factor in the significant crowd advantage that Troy should have here, one of the bigger crowd advantages of any of the early bowl games. In addition to Dave's handicap, which was pretty strong, 
uh, the motivational edge, not only against Buffalo, a team that's probably still feeling sorry for themselves after that MAC championship game, but also Troy has the opportunity, third straight season, notching double-digit wins. Their head coach, Neil Brown, still there, remarkably. I thought he'd be up for a big-time job sooner rather than later, but he's already 2-0 and in bowl games. Lance Leopold, never been a part of bowl preparation. He's the head coach for Buffalo and I don't mind fading the MAC, a MAC favorite here, when the MAC conference in the last three years in bowl games, one and 11 straight up, best bet Troy plus two for me. Brad, let me ask you if Buffalo had been playing more of a name brand here in this game after having blown that MAC championship, so maybe a Boise or a team like that, much more likely, I think, that they could have gotten up for this game. The fact that they've got Troy written on the opponent's jerseys, just hard to get excited, right? I mean, uh, first off, Buffalo should be, I would say, average motivation. here. I don't think they're completely down in the dunce because this is their, only their second bowl game in the last 10 years for this program. So generally speaking, I think they're excited to be in bowl game. But man, when they started thinking about the missed opportunities, I mean, this could have been a 12-win caliber Buffalo team. Could have been by far the best team in school history. Uh, I still think the last, at least that first week after the MAC championship game, I don't think they were focusing on this bowl matchup. They were thinking more like, man, we just blew an opportunity to become MAC champs. Yeah, I like Troy as well for the reasons that you and Dave outlined. Ken, there you go. And I lean Troy. The only reason I, I don't, I don't. Uh... Pull the trigger on Troy is it's just, uh, Tyree Jackson. The kid is, is an outstanding player and there's no doubt that, uh, Buffalo is not going to get that caliber of quarterback too often. And uh, I think they're, you know, going to try and win one, go out and finish up the season strong. But yeah, they let that 29 10 lead against Northern Illinois, a team that doesn't really throw the ball well and somehow two late passes in that fourth quarter got behind Buffalo defenders. So, uh, it's just Tyree Jackson's the only thing that's keeping me off. Uh, Troy, but I definitely lean that way. And you guys make a lot of sense with the home field advantage major. Again, all those seniors and uh, yeah, they will be uh, supported. No doubt about it. We remember, you know, state of Alabama, it's football heavy. And so we look at teams like UAB and even Troy, even Jacksonville state teams that are in there. And we, we just don't think that they're in Alabama because we think Alabama Auburn all the time, but yeah, it's a football rich state. And I think they will get the support and probably come away with that W for you guys. Okay. So best bet, Brad, Troy, Esler, Troy, Fez, you got anything else? I like Troy as well. So it's triple like two of them's best bets. By the way, Esler, you can follow him on Twitter, Dave underscore Esler, E-S-S-L-E-R. Next, Hawaii Law Tech. Hawaii, the smallest of favorites, minus one. Ken and Brad both like the total. Brad's a lean, Ken's a like. Let's start there. It's in Hawaii, man. I'm telling you, it's just uh, points are going to happen. I, you know, you, <laughs> I, I, it's just the way it is. The weather's great, and points are going to happen, man. I mean, hold first, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, hold on. <laughs> I mean, where else are you going to get? It's Hawaii, man. Points are going to happen, dude. Well, with the- <laughs> With Nick Rolovich, man. I mean, he's a former quarterback there, and uh, this guy likes to throw the ball. He's got, you know, two good quarterbacks, and McDonald had an incredible year, and then Cordero stepped in and single-handedly saved the day against UNLV and uh, helped this team, you know, continue on to have a good, solid season. But Ursa was one of the better receivers in the country, and him and Boyd, a great combination. So they're going to put up points, and I really think La Tech, they'll get there 
and they'll be focused for this game. They'll Again, a lot of people say, oh, they're going to Hawaii. They're going to be distracted. Look, the weather's not going to be the greatest weather. It'll be nice compared to what's going on in Ruston, Louisiana, but it's not going to be the ideal Hawaii weather from what I'm hearing. So, uh, you know, the, the concern with La Tech in their last game, they laid an egg against Western Kentucky, only put up 15 points in a home loss to Western Kentucky, and that was a little bit scary. But that wasn't in Hawaii. No, that was in, that was in Ruston, <laughs> Louisiana, RJ. And uh, I, I know you've been to Lubbock, so I, I would think <laughs> yes. that Lubbock... Lubbock's probably a big town compared to Ruston. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking for points. And, and I like watching that game, you know, whatever Christmas Day or whatever. And all of a sudden you're watching that game. Next thing you know, it's 40, 45, 38. Traditionally, it's a high-scoring game. Gambling? Who's anything about gambling? It's not gambling when you know you're going to win. See, I mean, when you got that <laughs> level of analysis. Brad, what do you think? I lean with the over. Here's a, you know, I'll say this on Ken's behalf. When Hawaii is in this bowl game, and the over is usually the right side, five and one to the over when Hawaii is playing in the Hawaii bowl. Hmm, now, what's the logic there? Logic, you know, a lot of times with Hawaii is, and that's part of my handicap, they run a unique Maybe offense. lack of an intensity on defense for Hawaii? Because yeah. it's just kind of, it's like another home game. Could be that. And Hawaii's offense run and shoot going back. They went But that's going to be the case in all Hawaii games. That's true. But... Right. I mean, well, I mean, the over has cashed the majority of their games this year. So, I mean, they went yeah, back to the yeah. run and shoot this year. So, they okay, haven't been the okay. typical Hawaii. Under Norm Chow for five seasons, they weren't Hawaii's typical offense. So, the run and shoot, this is the best Hawaii offense we've seen probably in the last decade since going back to the day when they went and um, played in the Sugar Bowl with June Jones with uh, the Chang at quarterback. I think to play defense obviously requires intensity and what is less intense than a trip to Hawaii that could explain high-scoring games off the mainland? And here's what I have seen from Louisiana Tech in bowl games. Last four bowl games, they're not traditionally you know, up and down the field, great, one of the best offenses in the country. They really open it up come bowl season. 45 points per game is what they've averaged their last four bowl games, and they're taking on Hawaii defense that's really struggled down the stretch. Last six games, allowing 42 points per game. Lean over for me. Boston College, Boise State, Boise favored by two. Fez, you like it. Yeah, I like Boise here, RJ. And this, I believe, is all about motivation. I got Christmas Day game in Dallas. Who's going to be excited to be there? Well, I expect Boise to be sky high to beat a big five conference team. And remember, they had one chance this year at Oklahoma State. They lay an egg. They got crushed in that game. I think they're going to come in on a mission. And Boston College... Finished the year with a thud. This team was seven and two. They wind up seven and five. How are they going to be excited to have to play on Christmas Day here in Dallas? The day after Christmas, Fez. The day after Christmas in Dallas. Correct. But, but if anything, I mean, the fact they have, it's almost weird. Now let's think about that a second. Scenario one, you play the game on Christmas Day. Scenario two, you're sitting around Christmas mm. Day away from your family. And remember, these are 20 year old kids. Cause they, you know, they like, they've spent their whole lives being home for Christmas for the most part, most of them. And then you play, it's almost like if the game's happening that day, you can kind of forget that you're missing on Christmas because there's something ex- at least exciting happening. The game itself, if anything, that phenomenon might be more pronounced I agree the day that. after Christmas. And that kind of harkens back to the Hawaii Bowl, why it's higher scoring for the last 10, 15 years, it's been played on Christmas Eve. And to me is, 
Well, I, I don't really care. I mean, I want to go home to my family, get this over with. It's Christmas Eve. Where's that going to show up? One side of the ball? Defense. I'm not going to have as much intensity. Yeah, and look at Boise State beating Fresno State in the Mountain West Championship game. Where would they be? They'd be here in Vegas. They were here last year. So now they're going somewhere else. For Boston College, this season started out like, hey, we could get to a big-time ball. We can win nine or ten games. And when A.J. Dillon got hurt, that took a little luster out of that running game, and they struggled a little bit. Brown also, the quarterback, got hurt. So uh, now they're going day after Christmas or down there for Christmas Day, more than likely to you know prepare for this game. But you know, BC had bigger, uh, you know, bigger uh, eyes on bigger things, I should say. And uh, you know, for me, Boise State, I think they're tried. They're gonna, still going to get some crowd support. Who's going to go there from Boston? Really, I mean, outside of some diehard family members. Yeah, and and that brings up an interesting point. Do you guys agree that if a team has played in this bowl game in the prior two years, so either the year before or the year before that, unless it's one of the best bowl games, Mm -hmm. that's a real negative motivationally. Oh, we're back in Albuquerque. Yeah. And you can see it from the fan support. A lot of times, you know, the fans aren't willing to to make that travel two, three years in a row. We'd see that a lot of times when I was growing up, Michigan made the Rose Bowl three, four years and it seemed like the Michigan crowd got weaker with each year that they went to the Rose Bowl consecutively. I will say this, that Boise, their fans love Vegas. I mean, and they were down here and they dominated in this in that bowl for a while and they crushed Oregon last year. But yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, going to Vegas, that's still a destination city. So if you're coming from Boise, I think that's a big time bowl. <laughs> no doubt about that. No doubt about that. All right, guys, listen, we got two games left. One of them, is, in fact, the next one, we're going to play Blossom for you. That's very important. Then we've got the crossfire, best bet. Best bet against best bet. Brad Powers jumping in. A thousand bucks at minimum. The question is, will Ken Thompson and Steve Fezzik have the guts? The guts. The What's that called? Testicular fortitude. Yep. To bet more. Well, we got one commercial and one commercial break, and then we'll find out. Our old friends at True Car. Every car comes with its share of stories. That ding in your bumper when you nervously picked up a first date. The luxury package you got after a big promotion. Or the mileage you saved by riding your bike all summer. While you can't put a price tag on your stories, now with True Car, you can at least find out what your car's worth when it's time to sell or trade it in. Just go to True Car, simply enter your license plate, number, and watch how your car's details pop up. Then answer a few questions. Navigation? Hmm. Moonroof? Maybe. Watch as they bump up your value. A lot of miles? You already knew it was going to cost you, but now you know how much it dings your wallet so you can plan ahead. Once you're finished, you'll get a true cash offer sent in minutes, which you can take to a local certified dealer to cash out or trade in. So, when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. True Cash offer not available in all areas. If it's available in yours, take advantage. All right, boys. As we said, next week, same Wednesday, everything's going to be out. And uh, like we said, Christmas. Who cares? We're batting. We got games to bat. The game here, Minnesota, Georgia Tech. All right, let's talk 
I'm going to let you guys, when I play Blossom, I'm going to let you guys think, how cool would it be if you just double it? And let's say, let's just go with thou. A cool thou. A dime, as some batters would say. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Fire up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. The game is Minnesota, Georgia Tech. The line is five. No disputes there. Faz, I'm going to start with you. Would you like this to be $1,000 between you and Ken? Oh, at least. Oh, <laughs> that's a good answer. I, he could spend five years and not be that clever on the radio. $10,000 minimum bet. <laughs> Ken? Well, I don't have the mansion and the yacht that old Fez has, so... Uh, you know, what, 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 because it's both our best bets? You don't have to, though. It's automatic 500. The question is, this is the first time in history we've ever had best bet against best bet. So do you want to double it? And if you don't listen, don't feel a need to. Yeah, no, no, I'm good. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm playing by the rules. It's, it's a game. It's look, it's the best bet of Ooh, these. It's the that best, might make me press the button no, against it's the best, Ken. best bet of these bowl games. But at the end of the day, if you're going to side with, uh, Fezzi, just remember my best bet record is 70 something percent. All right. So now would you extend to Brad the chance to double? Cause it was the automatic 500. Oh, of course. Yeah. So yeah, we'll do the 500. So no, now no, we do no, have- no, you misunderstand. Yeah. The 500 with yeah. her begging off, Fez. You look strong what here. What do you mean? No, it's not my best They got jelly in the What I'm saying is it's an automatic 500 best bet because yeah. you like the other side. Yeah. Do you want to double the bet? No. Fez is strong. All right. All right. And hey, listen, don't judge anybody because it's still a nice chunk of change. So auto thousand on this side, Steve Fezzik, who gets the honors against Brad Powers, Ken Thompson, Andre the Giant style. Make your case, Fez. All right, best bet Minnesota here. Maximum motivation. Brad Powers just told me that teams that were five and six that win their final game are great bets against the spread their next game. And I think this is a special five and six team, RJ. Minnesota's five and five. They're playing Northwestern. The games pick them. That's the game they need to get to go bowling, and they lose it. They're done. They are drawn dead. They have to go to Wisconsin. They're not going to win that game. No bowl game. No Christmas bowl game for these guys. Somehow they go to Wisconsin and get it done and win straight up. Get rewarded with the bowl game. They were hugging each other. They were crying after that game. They were so excited. Where's this bowl game going to be? Detroit. Michigan, team from Minnesota, excited to go to a bowl game. I can just see these kids from Georgia Tech being told, hey, you got a bowl game December 26th in Detroit. So we can spend Christmas in Detroit after losing our last two games. No! Minnesota wins outright. Whoa, that's Ken Thompson style. You guys just want to buy out? Nope. No. All right, Ken, you start. There's a reason they're going to be fired up to go. It's the last game for Paul Johnson, their coach. This guy means a lot to this university, means a lot to these players. Look, when you decide to go to a school like Georgia Tech, look, it's not Navy or Army or Air Force where you have to go run the option because you don't have a choice. You don't have the manpower to run something else. Paul Johnson chooses to run the option, and he runs it with skilled position players 
two quarterbacks this year. One guy got hurt, Taquan Marshall, the senior, but he came back. And Tobias Oliver, the freshman, the future is bright with this offense if they decide to keep it there at Georgia Tech. I think Georgia Tech's going to go up to Detroit before Christmas and say, you know, we don't see snow in Georgia. Maybe we'll see snow this Christmas over in Detroit. Either way, we're going to go there and we're going to close out strong. We're going to make sure our coach goes out on a winning note. And this Minnesota team, they don't have the speed and they haven't seen an option. Have they seen the option? I don't think so. And teams that don't see the option on turf, it's a lot faster. Good luck trying to stop it. So why Fezzi may do really well in the NFL. There's a reason he's dead last between the three of us as far as college best bets. He's not even in the picture with me and Brad. So at the end of the day, we're saving him $1,000. So Fezzi, it's an early freaking Christmas present for me and Brad. Merry Christmas. Boy, you know someone's lying when they say they're trying to save someone money around this table. Go ahead, Brad. Yeah, I like the Georgia Tech side. Fez mentioned... Minnesota's motivated to be in a bowl game. Hmm. I question that because their emotional leader on defense, Blake Cashman, leading tackler, 100 plus tackles. He calls it, he's the, he's kind of the Sean Lee of that, <laughs> but except he's not injured fast. So he actually <laughs> is doing the play calls and stuff for that defense. He decided, nah, no bowl game in Detroit for me. I'm out. I'm skipping out for the NFL draft on offense. Their best offensive lineman, their tackle, Donnell Green, he also said, I don't want to play in a bowl game in Detroit. I'm out. I'm skipping it for the NFL draft. And on top of those two players, not named, supposedly six Minnesota players are suspended. No one knows who they are. The market immediately moved two points. That's why this one went from like three and a half all the way up to six. There's been a little bit buyback, but I think you're free rolling here. What what if a couple of those players are relatively important, Fez? I mean, you're the master of what, 150 players in the NFL worth a half point, point, point and a half, six players? You know what I noticed, Fez, is when they backed down from you doubling the bat, they got a lot more, like a lot more jibber jabber. Ugh. Did you notice that? Yeah. They could have talked with their wallet, but instead they're talking with their mouth. Now I hear some nebulous possibility <laughs> of some suspensions of some players to be named later, yes. Now what one thing did they say that concerns you the most? The, the suspensions. Obviously, that's an Were you aware of that? I was unaware of that. Oh, my gosh. The, wait, is this being reported? Yeah, it's being reported. Yeah, but the suspensions are not. I mean, when you have your all your leading tackler, 104 tackles for Blake Cashman, deciding I'm sitting out. This guy's from Minnesota. He's not from Ohio State. He's not from you know Georgia or Alabama. And then Donnell Green, yes, he's an outstanding left tackle. But this guy says, you know what? As good as Tanner Morgan, the young quarterback's played, and now Anikstead is back as well. I'm not going to be there to protect him. How many players are sitting out for Minnesota? Two. One of their best defensive and, and their best offensive. Doesn't linemen. that tell you that? They're not motivated, Faz? Minnesota? No. I think Minnesota, the, they are... How many still, play, How many NFL players could they have? They two. are the, They're two that are sitting out. <laughs> the rest of the players how much are going to be super motivated. And I, I go back to, I don't, I don't buy into this win one for the coach. When you got to go to Detroit and you're from Georgia, you're not excited to see the snow and the ice. I am not buying into that one bit. Game's indoors, though. <sighs> yeah, the week isn't. Yeah. Well, when you see the speed on the turf... From this option. And again, if you haven't played an option, Fez, good luck stopping it. Mm. Didn't we see Georgia Southern win running the option the other day? They won by two. It landed on the number. They covered no. against me, though. I sold it on the money line. <laughs> so, Fez, you seem to want action on this. You give me six, I'll take... Uh, well, wait a minute. Yeah, you yeah, got, I'll give you six. Hold on a second. You've got the dog. <laughs> so, five. Wait a Hold on a second. Let's think about this. <laughs> Maybe... 
Maybe I'll just take a half point. You want to give me four and a half? So I'll, you lay, or uh, I'm laying four and a half. You know what, RJ? You give me five and a half, and I'll take your action. Well, hold on a second. You're the one desperate for action. So is this showing weakness now? No, I think I'll just stay stay uh, pat with what I got. Then. What am, am I like Billy Bean now that if I want to make a trade, no one wants to trade with me? I guess that's a high compliment. <laughs> it gets on base. That's I all mean, I care about. That's a high compliment. <laughs> I mean, you were just begging the two like guys that are like 70% on the year to bet against you. I'm thinking of stepping in and you don't want to give a half point at no VIG? Nope. It's like the four I'm of us. That number? If we play yeah, Mon- ex- seriously. It's like if we play Monopoly, RJ will be like, Fez, I'll give you $400 for your railroad. Nope. All right, Fez, I will. We can do the opposite trade. Nope. Don't want to trade with RJ. Just freeze him out. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a compliment, but come on. You know what I'm going to do? Hold on. So right now we're saying the line is five. So I've got to lay five. No, I'm not going to. Leave those wheels turning. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at matchbook, and it looked, but actually five is about right. Uh, it's a shame Fez won't, uh, doesn't have any guts. Hmm. All right. None. <laughs> so to recap, $1,000, 500 between Fez and Ken. 500 between Brad and Fez. Fez on Georgia Tech, unbeknownst to him, potentially multiple suspensions. He says, I don't give a care. And yeah, Fez is on Minnesota. <laughs> we're, well, on, we're on Georgia oh, Tech. Oh, Fez is on Minnesota. Yeah. I, got the, oh, that's right. I got the Brad Powers trend that wins. See, I don't even listen. I don't even, I don't even know what teams these are, and you won't bat me. I'm on the golfers. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, what do you think that says about me? Huh. Uh, he's like he's scared. Yeah. yeah, he is scared. Well, use the fear to be handicapping the hell out of the NFL. Because listen, I didn't want to bring this up publicly, but I guess I have to. <laughs> Explain why. I'll give you a look because we'll talk about this tomorrow. Why didn't we have the Colts as our fifth pick? Because we weren't sure that T.Y. Hilton was going <laughs> to play, and I have him worth a full <laughs> point. <laughs> However, I'm happy to report that once again, I came in with a best bet winner. <laughs> well, we didn't have best bets. That's true. That's true. But no, you, listen, you've had a good year. And and the funny thing is, I mean, in the NFL, you're what? Almost 60% this year, right? Yeah. It's just, we're, we got to be like 67 to win this thing. All right, last game. We'll have a chance to talk about that T.Y. Hilton tomorrow on the NFL can't, pod. Can't wait. Look forward to it. <laughs> Brad, you're joining, right? Yeah, hell yeah. Wouldn't miss it for the world. TCU, Cal, pick them. And we've got Ken likes TCU. Yeah, I like TCU. You know why? Because this is not a normal year for Gary Patterson and the guys. They've had a lot of internal problems. Had to kick off one of their best players. In fact, their best return man, Kevante Turpin, uh, midway through the season. It's just been tough. And so look, for all intents and purposes, not only is it going to be a tough year, they're not even, they don't even have a chance to go bowling, but they close strong. And the kids that are playing are showing some motivation. Rieger's a heck of a talent as far as a receiver, looking forward to him having a good game. And I just have a feeling they're going to be fired up to play this game. Uh, they had to beat Baylor and Oklahoma State just to get in there. And then Cal, there's just no offense there that I like. Not with Garbers. Look, McElwain, their backup quarterback, the guy can run the ball. Patrick Laird's a nice player, but this team just struggles to even move the ball. And when they lost their left tackle, Macari, uh, right before their last game, I just looked at this team and I just said, man, it's, it's a tough year. I think they made a bad decision at the beginning of the year by not going with the guy that really had the, 
the team trending up last year in Ross Bowers, and he's still there, and he couldn't even get a sniff. So I just, as great a job as Wilcox did last year, and he did an adequate job this year, I think he took a step back. I think TCU will salvage the season, finish over 500. They'll be up for the game. It's not a best bet, but it's a bet that uh, I'll take Patterson over Wilcox, even though Wilcox is a, a coach that's trending up. So you're leaning TCU, Brad. Why not alike? It's not a like for me because TCU's down to a third-string quarterback. Had a good performance in his finale that got TCU to the bowl here. It's just a banged-up team. And I, TCU's projected starting quarterback, the future of the, the I would say, the school, the next three, four years, he just, he just decided this past week to transfer out. He was only not playing because he got injured four or five games ago. So to me, I don't know what, what's going on down there in Fort Worth. Uh, as far as team chemistry goes, here's what I do know. Pac-12 is one of those conferences that's been terrible in bowl games. Last 16 bowl games, 2-14 and 14 against the spread. And like Ken was mentioning, I do trust Gary Patterson in bowl games. This is his 17th bowl game, and it's the first for Justin Wilcox. I just got more data points, more positive data points for Gary Patterson. All right, boys. Next week, we're grinding. Comes out on Wednesday again. and also. NFL pod. We talked about it. Subscribe. You won't miss anything during the holidays. Just go to your favorite pod player and subscribe. There's the dream preview. And also if you haven't yet straight out of Vegas, also available every day on the podcast. That's also free to subscribe. And our final picks for the super contest. I'll be tweeting out Saturday morning, the five boy, the interest level through the roof. Just follow me on Twitter. His Twitter handle is at RJ in Vegas. Thanks for listening to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.